0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Jeremy Stalnecker. And he is with the Mighty Oaks Foundation. In fact, he's the executive director of that group. And Jeremy, it's an honor to have you on with us today.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be with you.
0: I just found out about your group I didn't know anything about it prior to getting a note from a mutual friend uh, who is a new contact, actually, for me. That's Gabe Wrench. And right. um, he's with Cross Politic, the podcast. So he said, Yeah, you really need to interview, <laughs> interview this guy. And so, <laughs> coming from him, I thought, Yep. That's something we need to do, so...
1: Well, I'll try not to embarrass him. (laughs) Anytime I'm recommended, I I get real
0: nervous. (laughs) Well, why don't you get us started and tell us... Why don't you tell us about your life just a little bit, Jeremy, uh, because this is going to lead up to this Mighty Oaks Foundation. I love that phrase. It sounds wonderful. But let's learn about you just a little bit uh, as a background.
1: Sure. I was uh, raised here in Southern California, where I live now, my mom and dad started a church when I was, I think, nine years old, and so I grew up in a church planter's home and watched, you know, the good and the bad of that, and there's a lot of up and down there, certainly. Um, learned so much from my dad. I was raised in a conservative home, Christian home, obviously. I would end up in the military, but not because anyone in my family was in the military. I, I always <laughs> I always joke, and it's it's kind of half-joking. That the one thing you learn growing up in a pastor's home is that you probably don't want to be a pastor. That's the <laughs> one thing you learn. And uh, uh, man, I'm so thankful for my mom and dad and their influence. And yeah, and uh, accepted Christ as a as a young person. Um, but watching what they went through and what they dealt with, I really felt like the Lord was leading me a different direction and sure and uh, opened the door for me to go into the military after a long, uh, you know, conversation with my dad and counsel from other people growing up. Um, I went to college, and, and out of college I was commissioned as a uh, second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. Ended up serving with 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, based here at uh, Camp Pendleton in, mm-hmm. in, um, over in San Diego County. And uh, did a lot of things with them. Uh, eventually, it was my last deployment, was uh, deployment to Iraq in 2003. Wow. In fact, uh, just this week we you know celebrated or remembered the anniversary of the invasion of Iraq just a couple of days ago mm. and uh, that was our, our battalion first battalion fifth marines was the marine infantry battalion that breached the berm on the kind of center axis of attack if you look at the, kind of the overall plan going into iraq there are three axes of attack and we were in the middle um first kia of the war was uh, one of our lieutenants lieutenant shane childers uh was killed uh, yesterday i guess 18 years ago mm. um and uh Made our way from there to Baghdad. Uh, The Battle of Baghdad on April 10th was our last big engagement, and we were there for a while after that, but our last big engagement. Came home, and you know, I I always talk about I knew God didn't want me in the ministry, and uh, I say that because on the other side of the military, God had really worked in my heart and out of my wife to leave the Marine Corps and go into ministry, and uh, that's what we did. We came back from came back from Iraq and and a month later I was out of the Marine Corps and uh, working on a church staff so, so well that's very uh, interesting God work.
0: oh that's very interesting yeah. so during the time in the service obviously you saw some really bad things i assume
1: uh, yes well yes and, and it's it's interesting that's a, i get asked that question and it was crazy upside down world, you know, and it, right. I talked about how you go into a situation like that. And we had trained for years. I had been training for years to, um, do something like that. But the moment that the tracer rounds are coming back at you <laughs> instead of just going out right. toward targets is, a, is a surreal, you know, event. And it goes from the, difficulty of training and and some sometimes our training had a life and death elements you know the maneuver elements we had to be very careful um but we never had anyone trying to actively kill us and that was a different situation um particularly in southern iraq dealing with so many of their soldiers the iraqi soldiers who were conscripted they did not want to be there um mm. we would fight a group of soldiers and then 15 minutes later we have you know, 150 soldiers surrendering to us because they didn't want to be there. It was the strangest, most upside-down thing in the world. Oh, my. Um, but, you know, as a Marine who trains for that, um, in a, in an odd way, it was exactly what we had prepared for. And and uh, I learned so much about pre- preparation and, and getting ready for things like that that you can't control, but you can do your best on the front end. And so very... Yeah. Very strange environment yeah. to be sure.
0: And one more question. Did you sense a, a band of brothers kind of effect there in the Marines and out, you know, fighting the enemy?
1: Absolutely. In fact, the work that I do now with um, veterans and, and service members, um, I came in contact with this organization, the organization that I work with, because of Marines that I served with in Iraq. Uh-huh. I, can, I can talk about that more, but... There is a special bond amongst folks who endure hardship together, endure struggle together, and in a combat situation, and I would imagine in other places in life as well. But certainly in a combat situation where you're depending on each other um, really for survival and for life, uh, there is a camaraderie that comes from that, and it's it's a very close, um, close knit camaraderie. I guess that's the right word. Mm. Um, but man, on the other side of that, and this is you know where a lot of veterans struggle is, because of that, because of that close community, because of those connections, because of that dependence on the person to the left and right of you, when you separate out of the military, that's gone, and, man, it is hard to find that anywhere else in life.
0: You bet. Well, that's what we want to talk about next here. Today our guest is Jeremy Stallnecker, and uh, he was a former Marine. And uh, just reading a little bit, you're also – Uh, Veteran Navy Commendation Medal with a V for Combat Valor, so you really know what it's like out in the field. Um, You were a pastor for a while, and now um, you're co-founder of Mighty Oaks Foundation, and you're the executive director. So let's talk a little bit about the needs uh, that you see and the reason for your organization to exist.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell a I'll tell a quick story. I was serving on a church staff in uh, in Oceanside, California. God opened some doors, and I, I became a pastor up in the Bay Area. <clears throat> and I served there for about seven years as a pastor. And uh, man, so many wonderful things happened there. But in the process of time, I, I had personally, as I separated out of the Marine Corps, um, although I was always thankful for my service, I. I had to walk away from it. I, I mm-hmm. had this very bad habit that a lot of us have of looking over my shoulder and saying, uh, you know, what could have been, that's where I was, no one understands those right. kind of thing. In order to move forward, I, I really had to just, in my mind, turn around and, and walk away from that. So now I was almost 10 years removed from my time in the Marine Corps. I was serving in the Bay Area, which, you know, I think all of us would understand is not the most patriotic place on the planet. <laughs> Um, not a lot of military there, not a lot of veterans, uh, some great people, but just a completely different environment. And, uh, had a Marine that I served with reach out to me and he said, uh, Hey, you know, it's all through social media. Hey, I know we haven't talked in, you know, almost 10 years, but I met this guy, he's starting this organization for veterans. He's a Christian. You're a Christian. Um, he said he'd get us together if we wanted to get together. So that was kind of the whole the whole thing. I had no idea yeah. what any of that meant. Um, but long story short, we ended up, uh, myself, about 12 Marines that I had served with in Iraq, um, met Chad Robichaud, who is the founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. He was just getting it started, uh, trying to figure out how to get veterans there, trying to figure out curriculum and things like that. God had really worked in his life after his service in the Marine Corps, and he wanted to share that with others. So... You know, part of that was people that he knew, like this Marine that I was, uh, you know, connected to, um, him saying, hey, get some guys up here if you can. And so that's how I met Chad, our founder. That's how I was introduced to Mighty Oaks, what was becoming Mighty Oaks. And uh, I sat at a around a fire. And this is, you know, for me, this was a turning point in my mind. We mm-hmm. talk about the need, sat around a fire with these guys. Again, I hadn't served with these guys in, you know, since 2003. This was about 10 years later. Um, and I started hearing stories and, and I've got this great picture hanging over my desk. It's a picture of my platoon, uh, in Baghdad. I've looked at it every day since I left mm. the Marine Corps. And I started hearing stories about these guys in this picture. Um, some of them had committed suicide. Some of them had come home and their relationships with, with family and spouses disintegrated. Some of them had done really well. Uh, most of them were struggling and I had no idea And that was the first time I was confronted with the reality that my service to those men didn't end when I left the Marine Corps, when Mm. I put the uniform in the closet for the last time, that I still had a responsibility to them. And then as a Christian, I had a responsibility to them because most of them, um, you know, would not have known Christ. Um, God opened some great doors while I was serving in the Marine Corps. I had the opportunity to lead some of uh, my Marines to the Lord, but but by and large, most of those guys came home just like I did, separated out of the Marine Corps just like I did, <laughs> but I had a church family, I had a home family, and a lot of them didn't have either of those things. They found themselves lost, and uh, and it didn't work out well, and so I realized I need to do something about that. I don't know what this is, but I need to do something about that, and uh, Chad uh, said, hey, I'm trying to get this thing started. I don't have a ministry background, but I have passion." <laughs> Uh, will you help me? And that's, we met and started to put it together. And and we've been doing that since, uh, you know, since 2012, but the need has continued to increase. Um, you know, on the veteran side, we're told that, uh, between 20 and 22, it depends on how you do the math, but between 20 and 22 veterans every day, uh, commit suicide. They take their lives, which is a terrible number. Um, on the active duty side, um, Most recently, we've been told that about four active duty service members commit suicide every day. During this pandemic over the last 12 months, the Department of Defense said that that number has gone up uh, 20% DOD-wide, 35% in the Army, and the Air Force has had the worst uh, period of active duty suicides in its history. So the need is very, very real on the suicide front, and we confront that and deal with that. Um, and a lot of that is trauma related to service. A lot of it's just trauma related to life and, and the need to have someone speak the language, um, that, uh, these folks need to hear to understand how to move forward. That's right. But then you have divorce rates and you have, you know, family disintegration and, and, uh, you know, alcoholism and drug abuse and all of the other issues that come with, uh, folks, um, who have served and many who are, are struggling on the other side of service. And so the need is very, very real. Uh, more than eighteen million veterans in the United States, two and a half million active duty service members we're now serving the first responder community as well so huge need and uh, thankfully god 's put us in a place where we 're able to meet that need mm. head on uh, truth and and we're you know we say broadly we 're faith based but really what that means is we confront all of these issues with the truth that we're created by God, that He has a purpose for our lives, and that if we 'll align to that these other things that have a hold on us, uh, although they may be a part of our history, part of our past, they won't control us anymore. We'll move into what God has created us to do. So um, mm. it's been a tremendous opportunity for us.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, where you go from here. You 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 meet a, a friend. He's a Marine, let's say. Um, and He's in a terrible mess for whatever reason yep. he, he just he's not doing well <laughs> and he's probably right. thought about taking his own life and here he is he's probably saved others and yet now he's thinking about ending his own life what what's some steps you go through uh, with that with that new friend
1: one of the things that is very important to remember is that and this is in any situation where you're trying to help someone, not just with a veteran, but is that help is best received if there's a relationship first. I think this is where a lot of people struggle is they'll know someone who's hurting and they'll say, I know what you need to do. And yet they haven't built a relationship and so there's not trust. One of the things that allows us to do what we do, and we have a week-long program and then we have a lot of other things that we're involved in, but our basic program is a week long many of the folks most who attend our program would not be christians haven't you know maybe don't have an interest in god at all on the front end of the week <laughs> but we're able to walk them through a process very very quickly of understanding uh, that god has a plan for their lives and, and and the reason we're able to do that is because all of us have served everyone who's involved with us has you know served either in combat certainly in the military and so there's a relationship of trust just because of common experience. And so we're able to say some things based on that, you know, that foundation of, of trust. It's a relationship, and it's a strange relationship. It's a relationship because we did the same thing, yeah. not because we've gotten to know you, perhaps. But, but that's, that's our starting point, and that's why it's effective. The exact same situation one-on-one. You meet someone, get to know them, care for them, um, you know, listen to them, be there for them. And then you can offer help, and there is help. Um, you know, for us, speaking from the Mighty Oaks Foundation, uh, thankfully, we're able to raise the funds to provide our programs that are, again, a week long in one of four places across the country. We offer that free of charge. We even pay the cost of travel. So if you know someone that needs to get into a program like ours, um, get on our website. Uh, fill out an application, reach out to us. We'll help them make that happen. We'll cover the cost. All it will require of them is time. So one thing you can offer to someone who's, who's hurting uh, is help. There is an organization. There are organizations. There are resources. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you can do, certainly, and this would be our, our goal as we work with folks who don't have a relationship with the Lord, our goal is to get them from that place into a, a church community and having the opportunity again, based on a relationship to, to bring someone along with you uh, into a church community to connect with other Christian folks who can be an encouragement and be a help um, is, is very important because yeah. as you mentioned, you have the brotherhood, you leave that now you're a little bit lost and you need to replace that, and the church community is a great place to replace that. Uh, And then beyond that, there are, you know, books and resources. Um, I get asked by family members a lot, I have a family member that really needs help, but they won't listen, what do I do? (laughs) And I say, well, um, give them a book, and it's (laughs) as simple as saying, hey, I thought you might be interested in this. This was written by, you know, some people who have also served, and uh, we have resources that, that, you know, could be used that way. Others do as well. Um, if you hear a message, if you meet someone, um, just making those connections and and being available and, um, being willing to listen is, is, um, is very important. That relationship is so critical. And when the person that needs help, excuse me, realizes they need that help, um, they'll know that they have a relationship with you. They can trust you and uh, they can come to you for that.
0: Well, we're talking today with Jeremy Stalnecker, and he is executive director of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Jeremy, I'm thinking that maybe someone has tripped across our broadcast today, and he knows of someone, or he himself, uh, know, knows that he wants to connect with your group, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Uh, how would he go about doing that?
1: Our website is the best place to start. It's Mighty Oaks MightyOaksPrograms.com dot org programs.org and there are a ton of resources there including links to um, our social media our youtube channel is full of videos of testimonials we have a show where we just talk about trauma and dealing with it from a faith perspective so a lot of resources there you know that someone could watch or mm. share out to people that they know um But probably the most important thing there for someone that's interested in our program is a place to apply. Uh, The application is there. Go ahead and apply. Send that out to us, and uh, one of our folks will get back to you. There's a contact email address if you have just questions. It's an info email address, but send that uh, email over, and uh, we'll pick that up, answer any questions that you might have. Our program, again, as I mentioned, doesn't cost anything. And then we'll even cover the cost of travel. We want to remove any obstacles, any barriers to folks getting the help that they need. We are a uh, program. Well, we have two programs, a men's program and a women's program. So mm. uh, we've just found that do better when women aren't around <laughs> and women, yep. women do better when men aren't around. True. When we're talking about these issues and and uh, so um, those are available. And, and again, we, we reach veterans, active duty service members. We've done, uh, man, God has really opened up some doors for us in the active duty community, Mm. which is crazy as a, as a Christian organization, but um, we've had some amazing doors open there. Good. Um, And then first responder community and then spouses. So perhaps you're the spouse of uh, a service member or a first responder. We'd love to invite you to a program as well. And uh, you fill out that application on our website and we'll we'll work out the logistics and all the details and get you where you need to go.
0: Yeah, you might be out there today thinking, oh, boy, I'm too far gone. Uh, th- this sounds really good, but there's no way they would take somebody like me. I came home, and I've been hitting the bottle, and I'm right at rock bottom. You ever get people like that?
1: <laughs> That's our target audience. That's who we're going for. Um, uh, I'll tell you, um, we have... it's funny you, you, you say that because I've heard that so many times. I'm just too far gone. Um, there's no way they would take me. (laughs) And then on the other end, there are folks who say, well, I don't have those same problems. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happily married. I'm, you know, whatever, I'm in a church and and they would never take me. Um, I'll tell you who we're for. (laughs) We're for veterans, active duty service members, first responders and spouses. And mm. if you fall in that category, we would love to have you attend our program. Um, one thing I've learned over the years is that all of us are dealing with something, and maybe the something you're dealing with isn't related to, to combat or military. Um, in the early days of Mighty Oaks, we had probably, you know, 95% of our students were combat veterans. They had, you know, been in combat, come home and dealt with some things. But the wars have changed, and the world has changed, yep. and uh, now that's just not the case. What we have is the opportunity as those who have served to minister to work with others who have served. And if your trauma, your difficulty, your trial, <laughs> your mm. your uh, lack of perspective comes from something else, that's fine. Um, we'd love to walk through that with you. And it, whether you know, again, it's it's an addiction you're dealing with. Um, now you need to be sober enough to receive what we're dealing with. But um, wherever you are in your life, we'd love to talk to you and work through that with you. And uh, man, anywhere on that spectrum, we have have, uh, been blessed. And I say that because it's true. We've been blessed to help uh, folks across that spectrum. When I started teaching in the program, I started working with the program and it started to go and we were building it. Uh, Initially, you know, the goal was to have a couple weeks, a year of programs and uh, now, this year, we'll have 30 weeks of programs. Wow. Um, but as it started to take off, I was pastoring a church, um, and I started to teach. And every time I would go to a program as the primary instructor, teaching five times during the week, God <laughs> would speak to my heart about something, and I was learning constantly. <laughs> and so this is, this is something that is for everyone. That was yep. a really long answer to your question, but this is something that's for everyone.
0: That's a, that's an excellent answer. Uh, today we're talking with Jeremy Stellnicker and uh, he's with the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Uh, the website address is MightyOaksPrograms.org. That's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Uh, here's an interesting question. Um Something like this costs a lot of money to run, and yet I know you don't charge uh, the men that go through the program. What if there's somebody out there that says, you know what, I've got a lot to spend, and I haven't told anybody, but I want to underwrite something like this. Um, How would they get a hold of you? Is it the same way, or is there a telephone number, or something like that?
1: Sure, there are two ways to do that. And and the way that we're able to do what we do is because of you know, men and women organizations that, um, have come alongside and made it possible. It's been absolutely incredible. Even last yes. year, as difficult as it was to see amazing donors come alongside and make this Good. happen. So two ways, one is there is a place to give on our website. Um, and that's the simplest way. Um, other folks will say, well, I want to have a conversation and maybe even meet to Matt, and that would be fine as well. Um, reach out to us through that email address on our website, info at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Um, that comes, it will end up directly to me, and um, we can uh, have a conversation and go from there. So, yeah, I would love to connect with anyone, any questions, but certainly uh, a donor that says, I- I'm interested in, in this, but I want to know more. Uh, let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll reach out to you for sure.
0: Good. Well, it's important. Now and then there's somebody out there the Lord has blessed very richly, and he wants to support something like this, because this is where it's at. You're really helping people, and uh, particularly veterans, active duty servicemen, uh, first responders uh, caught my attention, too. And we're almost out of time, but uh, what kind of first responders have you dealt with?
1: First responder community is broad, um... You know, that would be police officers. A lot of police officers have come through our program, firefighters, uh, EMTs, and really anyone in that field. Um, early on, we started to include folks in that first responder community just in our regular programs. Wonderful, And it's been great. But the need has continued to grow, and we now have um, several sessions a year dedicated just for folks in that first responder community. We want to continue to support them as much as we possibly can.
0: Well, there's certainly a lot of trauma that they go through, also, and uh, they often can't even speak about it. Well, I want to thank you, Jeremy Stalnecker, and uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful program. Um, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, dear listener, I'd encourage you to visit their website, Mighty Oaks Programs with an S.org. And Jeremy, thank you so much for taking your time with our listeners today.
1: No, thank you. I really, really appreciate it.
0: And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.